Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast interview, which occurred on April 1st, 2019 in the Digicom Cafe, with Danny J, KD5DLJ, and guest James Thomason, WX5T of Harrison, Arkansas. WX5T, KD5DLJ. How did you get into amateur radio? Okay, Danny, KD5DLJ, this is WX5T. Okay, thanks uh, for the opportunity here to uh, expound on how I got into to, uh, amateur radio, but uh, I think like a, a lot of, of uh, previous stories told before this one, I got into ham radio through CB radio. And I started uh, uh, in CB radio, gosh, uh, back in the, it was about 1971 or 72, something like that. And uh, and I had a good time with that. I enjoyed it. They had a nice uh, CB club here in town. And we used to do things to, uh, you know, to to help people and put up a, a stand along the highway every summer and, and uh, dish out uh, refreshments and whatever to the tourists coming through. So how I got into CB was I just had a uh, had a friend that had one. And uh, in any way, it uh, was an interest to me. And so I got into it. My first uh, my first radio, uh, Denny, was a six-channel crystal control. <laughs> so, you know, wasn't wasn't a whole lot a uh, whole lot of uh, band spread there, or, or a lot of folks to talk to, but it was mostly local. You know, radio run about three or four watts, but and uh, enjoyed it and uh, become a member of that uh, club. I believe they called it the Ridge Runner Radio Club. I believe is what it was called. But anyway, I had a good time doing that, and then uh, later on, about 1976, with a lot of uh, uh, effort, I got uh, I got a uh, novice ticket, and uh, stayed a novice for a long, long time because I didn't really have any Elmers or anything, and, and I sure enough didn't know anything about circuitry and uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, anyway, I was always pretty proficient with the uh with the code and uh I, if i remember correctly i took the general class test four times i never wow. uh i never flunked i never flunked the code test on any of them but boy i sure had a tough time with the theory but uh anyway uh i back in those days you had to go in front of the fcc and uh, and as you know we live up here on the arkansas missouri border and closest uh uh, FCC office was Little Rock, Arkansas, or Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, Kansas City, they gave it every month. And then Little Rock, it was twice a year, every six months. So anyway, I finally, after after I took it the fourth time, I finally was able to gen- get a general class. And then I moved on up and and uh, and uh, finally got the extra class. So I'm proud of that. There was a lot of work put forth. So why did you go for the extra? Maybe those that are listening that don't know much about the different classes, why would you want to get a higher grade license? Well, I just I just felt like that it uh, you know it would uh, enhance 
my, my feelings about it, my want tos. And a lot of the back back in those days, you know, we we uh, um, uh, chased a lot of DX, and of course there still is. But as you're younger, I think that uh, you want to you want to work all the countries and stuff like that. And the band spread was more. And a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, DX countries on CW were in the lower portion of 20 meters, and uh, that's what I like to work. So in order to get down there, I needed to upgrade my license so I would have more band coverage and. I've I've never regretted that. I'm glad I did. How fast uh, did you send CW? Oh, in whenever I was doing it, uh, you know, probably probably uh, I never got real fast at it. About 25 words a minute, probably. And uh, uh, and now then, you know, I've kind of got away from it for a while. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd say 16, 18 is I'm fairly comfortable with that. But I get on every once in a while. But I'm not. Uh, not near as proficient as I used to be and don't get on as often as I used to. Well, nowadays a lot of people use computers to do the sending and receiving of Morse code, but uh, you used uh, a particular kind of paddle that was your favorite. What was it? Well, I use a Vibraplex uh, paddle, and that's uh, become my favorite. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, technology, you and I have talked about it on several occasions, you know, it, it moves forward, but... Uh, you know, I like to I like to do it myself. It's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a third language, if you will, or a second language, or any language. It's just different, and it's uh, it's nice to be able to do that. And so many people have a hard time understanding Morse code because of the tones and what have you. But anyway, I was uh, I was blessed with a good ear and was able to copy all that, and and really really do and have enjoyed CW for a long, long time. Huh. Very interesting. Well, I've enjoyed CW also, and you and I have had fun doing CW together. But anyway, so uh, once you got into uh, your extra class and uh, did a lot of stuff with CW, I'm sure you moved on to some of the other modes. Uh, what was your other favorite? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell you what I got into, uh, Denny. Uh, I got into, I had some friends that were working UHF and DHF, and uh, uh, gosh, uh, you know, 220 and 430 and and 1296. I've had I've had radios on all those bands and and I guess it was because of the friendships that we had. Uh, had a good time. Had a good time working some of the uh, VHF contests. One of the things that really sticks out in my mind was uh, uh, VHF contest was on one year and and I don't know. Uh, I had a pipeline from from uh, Arkansas to the East Coast. I guess. And I was running about 100 watts uh, on two meters. And, uh, uh, boy, I tell you what, they had, I had a pile-up on me, and it was probably one of the most memorable things that, that ever happened to me in ham radio. And I don't know how many stations I worked, but I worked hundreds on sideband, on two-meter sideband, and just had a ball. And I guess the reason it sticks out in my mind is that in the uh, VHF, UHF part of QST, that particular contest, uh, they had a notation in there about me, and and uh, at, at that time my call was N5DZQ, and and they were saying that N5DZQ had the bands covered on VHF to the East Coast. I don't know how many I worked, but gosh, it was so much fun. I had a lot of fun. Cool. Now that's uh, due to what they call F-layer ducting or something. Yes, that's that's correct. Yeah. That takes a special kind of ionospheric conditions that uh, allows the signals to 
kind of get trapped in that layer, I guess, and uh, bounce around until they get out the other side. So that's pretty cool. Well, I understand you're also a big AMer. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit about uh, about uh, radios and what have you. I don't want to pass this up, but I, I uh, when I first started in the ham radio, and I was talking about uh, working all the the uh, CW stations and what have you. I remember the first radio I ever got was a TS five twenty, and it wasn't the S model, but it was just a TS five twenty, and a, and I had acquired a uh, high gain. Uh, TA-33. I think it was made by Highgate. I'm not sure about that. But but uh, a, a story about that, uh, Henry Radio was located in Butler, Missouri. And that's pretty good ways from uh, where we live. But uh, uh, guess what? They had a they had a pay payment plan. And uh, I never will forget, uh, traveled up there and, and uh, uh, bought my first new radio. It was a Kenwood TS-530S. And a SB220 linear amplifier, and uh, then I paid those out. Uh, I think it was, uh, I believe it was a hundred dollars a month. But uh, if it hadn't been for that, I don't know if I'd ever got into it. But anyway, after that, uh, through the years, uh, again, I guess it's uh, uh, whatever mode that your friends are operating. I had some friends that uh, done a lot of AM stuff, and I never really. Had much of a uh, hankering, if you will, to to get into it because they were always big and bulky and all that, and I wasn't much of a technician. But I have to tell you, uh, uh, to this day, there's nothing that sounds any better than a good uh, uh, plate modulated AM signal. And uh, as you know, through the years, and you've been here, that you know, I I've had several uh, collected up several uh, transmitters and receivers and what have you. And uh, for a long, long time, I've always kind of been, uh, I've always catered to the Collins gear, and I still have some Collins gear. But uh, haven't uh, kind of been lax here, haven't uh, radioed much in anything. Just kind of been low. But I'll tell you, I do love, uh, I do love the AM uh, radio, and I love to operate AM, and it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of nice people on there. It's really interesting to tune across an AM signal. You get that, uh, high-pitched heterodyne as you turn down to get into zero beat, then it goes away, and then you can kind of hear the conversations clearly. And then when you switch to the AM mode itself, boy, you just can't get any richer than that, can you? No, it's uh, when you zero beat a signal like that, of course, you can copy it with a sideband radio. But uh, And uh, uh, they just uh, man, they just have some of the best audio. And, uh, you know, even, even uh, you know, with the newest technology, some of the newer radios, especially the the SDR radios, they really have uh, have some good AM audio qualities as well. And uh, but I don't know, it's just uh, just some about the the old radios and and the, the way they look and the nostalgia that's with them. It's just I don't know. It just makes you feel a little different when you sit down and you go to loading and dipping and tuning and all that stuff. It's just it's just uh, you know you kind of got to work with it a little bit to get it to operate. Yeah, young people today don't get that thrill uh, with all this new digital technology coming in. And you're a big fan of digital technology. I know you've got multiple hotspots and different devices that you use for uh, some of the digital stuff. Uh, what are your feelings about this digital technology now that you've been in it for a while? Well, I think uh, I think there's a place for it. You know, uh, Denny, I'm not a 
you know, I'm not a great, great fan of it. I, I enjoy it. I know that you've you've helped me a lot, uh, introduced me to it, and got me really involved. And I do enjoy it. It's not that, but there's a place for everything, I think. But I, I don't know. It's uh, kind of like the, you know, the, uh, you know, the first love of communication is just, uh, it's just uh, different with me. You know, I, I like to, I like to be able to turn the knobs and and plug and play. You know, like um, what we have today I, it is okay. And uh, all the digital stuff, you know, there's a there's a really really good place for that. And uh, it it it's with everyone. But I, I think about the uh, the people that are somehow, uh, you know, I don't like to use the word handicapped, but in in some way that they're not able to get out, or they live in restricted housing, you know, no antennas and all that stuff. And there's a, there's a place for all of that, and it's 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 all a lot of fun. I don't think that. I, I don't, Kenny. I don't think there's any bad part of ham radio at all. I just think that there's so much there for everyone, and there's so much to like. You know, and if you don't like one thing, gosh, you can go to something else. Yep, and you've met a lot of good people in, in there, in that hobby. Good people of faith. I know we've got our circle of friends here in this area, and we get together and enjoy coffee and fellowship. But uh, there's a there's a place for faith in our hobbies too, aren't there? Oh yes. Yes, uh, uh, there's a there's a play for faith in our everyday lives, you know, and, and uh, I don't know. You asked me a question the other day about what I was passionate about, and and of course it's life in general, and, and I'm I'm thankful that you know at, at, at the old age of 52, you know, that I became a child of God, and I'm probably uh, uh, more proud of that than than my uh, amateur radio license, if you will. It took me a long time to come around, but. Uh, I enjoy. I'm. I really enjoy being around my good Christian friends. Yep, yeah, we sure appreciate uh, having met you and so many others in this hobby that uh, we share the same common faith, and it just enhances our hobby, and the hobby enhances our faith too. So, uh, I just am so thrilled that we got to meet you and appreciate your friendship, and thank you for taking the time to uh, tell us your story about how you got into amateur radio, and uh, hopefully someone out there who's uh, sitting on the fence wondering, why should I get a license? Uh, I don't know, what would you tell them if some young person came along and, and said, look at this technology. Why do I need to get a license? I can talk to people on my phone. What would you tell them? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's different for a lot of people, you know, and uh, I don't know. It just seems to me like, and, and I'm old school, then as you well know, I'm old school, and you know, I think that uh, I think that if you have to work for it, it's appreciated a little bit more. You know, I just think that you know if you've worked hard and and you've got a license and and uh, uh, you know it's something that you can brag about, and uh, it's it's really it's really good. And some of this other stuff, you know, like I said, there's people that can't do the things that uh, some of us can do, and vice versa. But but I think that uh, you know if if you got the want to, Denny, I, I really I really think you can do it. And one thing, one thing I did want to say too, uh, the people that listen to this, I hope by now they realize that you and I have a very good friendship. And I remember, I remember just talking about meeting people and all that. And I remember the first time I talked to KD5DLJ, I was sitting down here at the local high school getting ready to pick up my grandson. And, uh, we were on, I believe we were on, uh, All Star. I'm not sure about that. But uh might have been on two meters, I'm not real sure, but but I remember 
that's the first time I ever talked to you, and uh, that's been, gosh, what has that been now, a couple of years or, or longer? So we've kind of uh, netted a really good friendship here that I'm very proud of. Yep, and I'm proud of it too, and so grateful. That's uh, that's the big blessing of this hobby for me, is the wonderful people I meet. 73? 73, WX5T. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digiconcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu and listen to all of the live conversations on our cafe on ice stream. Or this and many more episodes of our cafe cast. <laughs>